It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome, welcome to the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business, finance and startups. It is the 1st of July, the start of a brand new month and Scotty, the start of a new financial year, a bit of a hangover perhaps for these exuberant markets, a little bit of a um, little bit of payback today. Yeah, happy new year, Nadine, first of all, and uh, happy Canada Day as oh, well. Oh, thank you. I hope you, have, hope you have a fantastic day. Yes, it was a bit of a stuttery old start to the new financial year, but uh, after a couple of uh, massive gains, uh, I'm not really surprised, no bit of a uh, bit of circumspect uh, thought process going into uh, things now. It's not about positioning, it's about uh, the outlook. So. Uh, interesting to see how we go. I'm not sure it'll be the other uh, start of a longer lasting trend, but uh, a softish start. But, um, you know, some hallmarks of the previous financial year with Afterpay surging to yet another record high. Gold looking uh, pretty good as a safe haven status because there are so many unknowns out there. Yes, uh, new year, but uh, same old trend when it comes to tech stocks and gold stocks, it seems. But uh, obviously, so much focus is still on the, uh, the coronavirus case count around the world. Uh, that is continuing to dominate things. You throw in on top of that uh, what's going on with central bank policy, the two offset each other, and here we are just uh, meandering along, it seems. Then it seems as if the more people we speak with, the more certainty, or the clearer it's becoming to me that um, business really wants clarity when it comes to the job keeper, job seeker, what happens at the end of September when those programs roll back. We were speaking with uh, Standard Media Index MD Jane Ratcliffe, who was saying even you know when it comes to the ad industry, if you want these corporates to start spending, which they have started to in July and August, but the real uncertainty comes around September, and she was basically you know begging uh, the government to come clean on what it intends to do when we get to that so-called cliff. Well, since we've been speaking about it for months, and uh, we're not the only ones who's been doing that, hopefully some common sense prevails. You know, there are enough people out there who have discussed the risks. We know there's a risk out there. We know about the mortgage holidays. We know about the rental holidays. We know about JobKeeper and JobSeeker. So we don't want to go and risk falling back into a double dip recession, prolonging this, uh, this economic downturn, because that will just go and make it harder to go and start the recovery process. So I'm sure that common sense will prevail. Uh, but in the meantime, while we have that uncertainty, it's still going to be a discussion. We will um, put the link to that video, that interview with um, Standard Media in the show notes. It's interesting to hear what she has to say as well about that boycott of Facebook by a major multinationals like Microsoft, BP, Coca-Cola, Unilever, you know that story. You can get that in the show notes. Open banking, happy open banking day to you, Scuddy. Um, I guess it kicked off with little fanfare, but it will have enormous ramifications for all Australian bank account holders. It's supposed to bring out competition and IBM told Ausbiz that it will also bring about innovation. You can get that interview via the show notes as well. And I'm using that as a little bit of a segue to another interview we did with uh, Elizabeth Tian from City, 
So she was saying that the banks, they've actually got a pretty positive view on the banks to start this fresh financial year. She says they've you know, improved markedly over the past six weeks. And um, she expects that to continue because we haven't seen you know, catastrophic price drops come to bear in the housing market, as some had predicted at the beginning of this pandemic. Yes, today we saw in the CoreLogic data, uh, national house prices retreated, but it certainly seems as if it's not as bad as initially had been thought, but the building approvals data told a story as well today. Yeah, building approvals were horrible, but uh, not really surprising. It was driven by the apartment sector in particular, but also uh, freestanding dwellings were weak. It's not surprising. Finance is tough. Uh, a lot of people couldn't even go out and lodge processes to go and build things, so it's not really surprising. On the house price data information, CoreLogic tends to go and report some price movements with a lag, so that's one caveat. The other one that I'll put on it is that we've discussed earlier in the program uh, what we're seeing with these mortgage holidays. That's obviously keeping things quietish when it comes to uh, the turnover in the housing market at this point. Uh, if there's not some substantial tweak to go and at least prevent a whole flood of uh, distressed sales coming on at the uh, start of the December quarter, then we will see how, uh, how robust the, uh, the Australian property market is. But hopefully it won't get to that point. Hopefully not. All right. If you'd like to listen to that interview with Liz Tian from City, she's director of equity products there. You can do so. Um, the overarching theme, though, is it's basically macro events that will continue to drive markets in the next 12 months. The link is in the show notes. And I think that will bring us to the tweet of the day. So if you're not um, subscribed to our newsletter, I'm not talking to you, Scuddy. I'm talking to our listeners. Um, it's worthwhile doing, but we always include a tweet of the day. And this one is from uh, the real Donald Trump himself. He loves a tweet. And today he said, as I watched the pandemic spread its ugly face all around the world, including the tremendous damage it has done to the USA, I become more and more angry at China. People can see it and I can feel it. Scotty, that dovetails, I think, pretty well with uh, what you've been writing about today. Yeah. Can you believe it? We're only four months out from the US presidential election. It only feels like November 2016, I've got to say. Uh, but I think at some point in time, in the not too distant future, we're going to start seeing a lot more analysis and a lot more focus on the politics side of things. Uh, and Donald Trump is well behind in the polls, far more so than it was to you know, Hillary Clinton back in 2016. Another thing is that the economy on this occasion is significantly weaker than when he was there. So you've got a man who's further behind in the polls with a weak economy. Uh, so that kind of rhetoric that we heard from Donald uh, on Twitter today, uh, I suspect we're going to hear a whole lot more of that. I suspect we're also going to hear a lot more analysis about uh, the prospect of a Democratic-controlled Congress with, uh, with Joe Biden as president. Uh, and obviously, uh, if you don't know this already, the implications from a taxation perspective, uh, particularly on corporates, uh, is quite large. Uh, so that risk, in my opinion, is yet to really be factored in. We've been looking at pandemics and mm -hmm. everything else in between. But the election now, I think, is going to start coming into focus and the risk that it poses to corporate earnings of a Democratic-led uh, Congress. Okay, so that will be a theme to start this new financial year as well. Um, we were speaking with Jeremy Hook from TMS Capital at the end of the day, and he was noting today, on this day, we had a lot of companies coming forward with um, executive changes, also with clarity on job cuts, restructuring, oil search comes to mind, but also Auckland International Airport. It has decided that it has to cut a quarter of its workforce, lowering salaries of the remaining staff by 20%, cutting CapEx by $2 billion. So again, one of these thematics that we're going to keep hearing from these corporates as to the actions they have to take to make it through 
to the other side. Auckland Airport was the stock of the day. Let's hear what Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial had to say about it today on the call. This is actually one business that we've bought uh, throughout this period. It's a very high quality uh, infrastructure asset, monopoly asset as well. And it's basically down 40, 50% from the highs pre-COVID. Um, the difference between Sydney airports and Auckland International Airports is they actually own the land that they're mm. situated upon. It's a property development and, and that's right. and so basically over time they gradually just develop all the land around that airport as well. Um, obviously recently they've had to stop some of their capex projects, suspend the dividend just to make sure that they get through this period. But once some form of normality returns, and who knows when that will be, but we do think eventually that will occur. Uh, the cash flow will start to flow again and they'll be able to continue to build out some of those projects, reinstate yeah. dividend. But their balance sheet uh, is actually very, very good. It was performing even better before the COVID, growing earnings, growing revenues. Um, they had very low levels of debt. Uh, cash flows were great. Dividend was growing per share. So there's a lot to like about this business, but it just might take some time. Look, this right. might drop a bit further from these levels. There might be some more bad news to come if there are second peaks globally. But we do think that over time, uh, this airport's well situated. It's going to be the major hub for Wellington, uh, for Queenstown, for, for uh, yeah. Christchurch as well. So we think that it's probably a better alternative than Sydney Airport. Yeah. Airbus came out recently, I think it might have even been in the last week or so, and said that they don't expect international air traffic to recover fully until 2023 to 2025. Whoa. And so that's a long time. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, this is a business that's all about capacity and volumes and, and yeah. throughput and all of that kind of stuff. So great assets, but if they're standing there being unused, they're, they're not generating a return. And, and, and so that's what you've got to worry about. And that was Andrew Page from strawman.com finishing the thoughts there on Auckland Airport, which finished the day down by 4.2%. Big night tonight, we've got the ADP jobs data. So that's the private sector read that often foreshadows what we get with the non-farm payroll report, which is coming a day earlier today because of Independence Day. Yes, Independence Day holiday on Friday. But, uh, well, for the, the Friday, it's on the Saturday actually. But uh, look, I'm, uh, I'm very intrigued to go and see what it's gonna say. But the caution, have to be caution when it comes to this release. In the previous reiteration for May, we saw a decline in ADP payrolls but then the official government report reported an increase of payrolls much bigger than was expected. Uh, so there's a lot of noise in this data at the moment. Uh, like anything, I probably would go and advise, the best thing you can go and look at is probably the official report coming out tomorrow evening. Uh, look at what's going on with underemployment and also unemployment and the participation level because participation in the United States, like it has here, has dropped so far. Uh, in such a short period of time. All right, I'll be chatting about that at 8.45 a.m. tomorrow morning with Mark Barabow. He is the head of global equities, joining us from the U.S. from Jenison Associates. Jume Lu from Tribeca will be up at 9.30. Looking forward to that. We'll be speaking with James Simon at 10. He is the CEO of Aussie Home Loans. We'll pick up on some of those housing themes that we were just touching upon there. Scuddy, and uh, as the day moves on, great uh, round of guests to come through, including... Michael Roth, the CEO of Swish. So it is, um, yeah, that's a good one for a Friday. Gives consumers personalized videos from their favorite sports stars. Who's your favorite sports star? Oh, gee, there's so many out there. <laughs> uh, I love putting you on the spot sometimes. Um, I reckon uh, 
out of a character and someone who's been like a, a long-serving uh, servant of Australian cricket, uh, Nathan Lyon. Uh, yeah, I really, I really think he's a good guy, and, uh, and I enjoy what he's done for this Australian cricket team. All right, good. Um, and then we'll wrap it up with Fraser McLeod, senior advisor from Sean Partners, to wrap the day, wrap the week, get us set up for the weekend. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's just say goodbye for now. It was great having you with us today on the live stream. And um, Scotty, let's get ready to do it all again tomorrow. Sounds good. And uh, before I go and let you go, how are you going to celebrate Canada Day? Are uh, we going to have bacon and maple syrup all around? Oh, you... Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll put on my toque as you do. And uh, yeah, just walk around being really proud to be not only Canadian, but also Australian. Best of both worlds. Sounds good to me. We'll see you tomorrow.